Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavetic. Somavetic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF, and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate Somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. It does this through the controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. It creates a 360-degree field with a radius of 100 feet in all directions. The founder of Somavetic launched these devices in 2011 as a response to his own ongoing health struggles. After years of no success with Western medicine, he turned to traditional Chinese medicine and found a variety of healing properties with stones and minerals. After some time, he was able to heal his body and has helped others as well, and his experience inspired him to create Somavetic. If you're interested in mitigating EMFs and creating a harmonic field in your environment, these devices are a great solution, and they are beautiful. Each device is comprised of their own semi-precious stones with unique properties. Somavetic is a small company, and all products are handmade and hand-assembled in their Crystal Valley, in the Crystal Valley of the Czech Republic. If you want to try Somavetic, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee to let you try. Visit somavetic.com and use the code SELFIE for 10% off. That's S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C.com with the code SELFIE for 10% off. Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random topics thrown in there for good measure. We also also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, well, this week we have a fun episode for you guys. We are going to be interviewing Jess Weiner. She is um, an ambassador for self-esteem for Dove and is a really interesting and fascinating person. So we're excited to be able to talk with her. But hey guys, guess what? We're together again. We are. We're Kristen sitting and I together. Are together. Mm-hmm. We're in Pasadena uh-huh. for the Mom Two Summit. Yes, it's so ugly here. Oh, it's hideous. So ugly. The weather's terrible. The weather's I terrible. Hate I hate it. Just send me home immediately. But I am going to cry a little bit and just say I am like, I'm so tired. I'm so well, tired. Well, you just flew in this morning. Um, you guys, like, I fly the same flight every time when I come to LA, which I come to LA, Orange County. Probably five or six times a year. You fly that same flight so often that I predictably know when you'll land. Like, I don't even ask you. I'll like, okay, I'll see you around 8.30. I know. So, you guys, this flight leaves Oklahoma City at 6 a.m. and lands at LAX at 7.30 a.m. Pacific time. So, it's like the most beautiful thing because you get here for the entire day. The only problem is 
you have to wake up at four in the morning. And I am just, and Kristen knows the first day I'm a little bit cuckoo. And right now I am a little bit tongue tied almost. And I kind of feel a little drunk, even though I'm sober. So you're funny because I will, I will actively choose not to fly anytime before 10 AM because I feel like airports in the morning are a nightmare. Then you show up and you're tired. You show up and your room's not ready, Uh, which is basically the past seven hours of my life. But I will say this. I know she is so mad at me. She's so mad. But here's the deal. I live in Oklahoma city. I don't live in orange County or LA with the prevalence of direct flights. True. And this flight is direct. It's all you've got. And I love it. And it's so quick. And I love it. I just hate that I have to wake up at four in the morning. And I'll be fine tomorrow after a good night's sleep. But right now, I'm telling you, I am dragging. Well, I'm dragging too because I always, at a conference, I'm an introvert. Yes. But I get to these conferences and I see friends I haven't seen in forever. And I always stay up way too late chatting and catching up with someone. But I will say... You are better than I am. I have really come to realize that because you'll be like, hey, let's just go down. And I'm like, hey, yeah, you can just go by yourself. I'll be up here. <laughs> like, I really, it is, it's tough for me sometimes. Well, I just you like know, to hide. let's take it back to the Enneagram <laughs> because I'm a three, we're both threes, but right. I'm a three with a two wing. Right. That social wing. You've got the social wing. So I come to a conference and I get to-do list about connecting with people. Like, well, I haven't talked to so-and-so yet and I need to talk to so-and-so. You're so good about that. And I just am like, well, my hotel room is really nice and I'm just going to go hang out. Yeah. I don't know why I feel guilty about doing that. Although, you know, I did hang out in a hotel room alone all last week. All last week, which is amazing. See, I didn't. So I was getting like one hour. Although I have have something to tell you about that. Tell me. So I decided to do a mask every day Uh that I was there and Uh my face is so broken out now. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at it right now. It's horrible. It is. It's not either. It looks fine. It's got a lot of concealer on it. It actually looks really pretty, but whatever. But, oh, but that will happen too much. Too much. Too many masks. Too much. I know. My face just was like, whoa, what are you doing? But it does. I will say, I'm looking, you guys, I'm looking at it very closely right now. Very closely. It looks like as smooth as a baby's butt. Well, that's just a lot of powder. I don't know. Maybe you should just rip all of the like top layer of your skin off all the time. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just, yeah, didn't do super well for my face. Well, Sarah, I mean, you know, I feel like this is the segment of the show where we talk about how we mortified ourselves this week. Do you have any? Um, embarrassing stories for us um, that, you, that you did to make a fool of yourself? Because well, I've got a doozy. Do but, you? Yeah. Well, okay. Here, I'll go because mine isn't that great. And then you can you can run away with it. Um, <laughs> the only thing mine is, and I didn't have to make this embarrassing because I didn't have to tell anybody. But of course, I announced it on social media because those are the things I do. Of course. I just, the past, what, what are the chances that I have found two human teeth in my personal belongings in the past week. And what really was so gross about it is that it didn't even phase me. I was digging for something in my purse at Whole Foods and I pulled out a human tooth. It was my daughter's that she probably lost. I don't know. She probably lost it two years ago. It's been sitting at the bottom of this purse and I didn't even flinch. It like even had like the little, it was just gross. Like there's almost like a little blood part on the end. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And then yesterday when I was packing for this trip, I pulled out my like makeup bag and there was another human that tooth in so there. Weird. It was derbies. I could tell it was big. Like, yeah. like I mean, that's just one of those things about being a parent that you think there is no way that I, I would vomit if that happened. And you're just like, whatever, whatever. No. human teeth everywhere. Cause I equally feel like that is super disgusting, but also I feel like I probably have one. If, if I up in in my purse right now, there's probably a tooth. We should look after this. Actually, Sarah. Oh no. There is a tooth in the bathroom three steps away from us right now because India is with me. My oldest daughter is here with me. And apparently while I was in the lounge drinking, she was in here pulling a tooth out. Well, there you go. She, you know, she takes matters in her own hands. That's that's an independent girl. She's like, I don't need help. She's an independent girl. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I want to hear your embarrassing story. Well, mine also involves finding things at the bottom of a purse. Oh, good. So, okay. I am at a church where I am there to sing, like lead worship, right? Church thing. Yes. Um, And I'm sitting there in the front row with one of the pastors and we are going over what songs I am going to sing at this church service. And Karis is carrying a purse that I gave her because, you know, I just give my kids my old purses and right, it's a yeah. smaller purse. It's right. what I call like a party purse. It's the purse that you totally. don't, 
it's no way big enough for every day, but you wear it to a club or if you're traveling yeah. or whatever. So it's this little blue party purse and she's sitting there and all of a sudden she goes, mom, like real loud in front of the pastor and multiple other people. It's right before the church service starts. So everyone's milling about mom, mm-hmm. is this your candy? And she hands me a condom Oh, that was in oh. the purse Oh God! right in front of the male pastor oh. who I oh. don't know very well. As I'm discussing, you know, whether we're going to sing um, Victory in Jesus before this little Why light of mine. Why was there a condom in your party purse? Well, exactly, Sarah, because I, I mean, listen, I mean, I mean, more power to ladies that carry condoms for such purposes, but I'm sure. not that lady. No, 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 no. Um, I, I think it, it had Planned Parenthood messaging on the back. I think it was like handed to me at some pride parade or some kind of a thing. Probably. Then I sh- shoved it into the recesses of my purse, never to be seen again. And I mean, this purse I've not used in years. Oh. So it, it definitely it was the packaging oh. was it was some kind of a freebie and then, you know, use this and then call us for whatever. Oh, no, this but is yeah. this is not. So what did you say to her? I just laughed. <laughs> well, and then I was like, yeah, that and then she passed her seat. Oh, for sure. He oh, saw, oh, for sure. Oh, well, and then oh. she's looking at it and she's like, what is this? This isn't candy. India, who is 11, is sitting right next to me and knows exactly what it is. So she's like, why do you have a condom? So I later had to just, I don't know, play it off. That is mortifying. I know. Yeah. Oh, hey. Anyway, note to self, clean out your old party purses. Don't be carrying condoms around with your kids. Uh, I mean, unless you're running to teach them about sex ed. That's another story. But oh my gosh, Karis. Well, and then I actually did because India was quite curious. She goes, I want to see what it looks like. So then we get home and I pull it out of the package and I show it to No, I put it on a (laughs) finger. I'm like, you know, this is how it works and this is what you would do and blah, blah, blah. And then I throw it in the trash can in my bathroom. Did someone find it in the trash can? Oh, and then later... I can't listen to that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, later. No, no. no. My boyfriend is like, why is there a condom (gasps) in your trash can? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, um... Listen, let me explain. Let me explain Ask India. Let me explain. It's India's. It's India's. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's amazing. That was my mortifying story, which I also took a photo of and posted online. Because I just feel like... I don't know. There has to be some entertainment value to these mortifying stories. That's what I thought too. Right. People need to know how gross and embarrassing we are at all times. Well, all right. Before we get to Jess, let's do our little quick thumbs up or two thumbs up. What are two things that you are loving this week? Two things I'm loving. Number one, the best seasoning in the world. Well, okay. So everyone knows we love the Trader Joe's everything blend seasoning. We talk about it all the time. Very best. And if you do not, um, have a Trader Joe's near you, you can order on Amazon and we'll yeah. link up to it in yeah. our Facebook group. Right. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking okay. about Trader Joe's. I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're going to say. Spike. Spike. Yeah. So Spike is my favorite seasoning ever. I learned about it when I was living I in Southern California. It. Jan's Health Bar. Our right? favorite restaurant. Our favorite restaurant. They do these amazing salads and bowls. And I'd always get them. And I could not figure out what this delicious flavor was. Mm-hmm. And finally, I asked them. They go, oh, it's Spike. So Spike is sold at Amazon. I mean, it's, it's like nothing. It's nothing special. The it's, packaging does not look. It's not some it's bougie not spice. Well, I actually think it's sodium free. And I think it's kind of an old people spice. It is. It's an old people spice. But you guys, it's the best spice ever. It's, it's really good. so, so good. So I love it. So we're linking to it. I put it on everything. I especially like to grill vegetables. It's yes. so good on grilled vegetables, anything. It's delicious. So that's my number one. And my number and my number two is, have you heard of Thrive Market? You know, it's funny because I have, but I have not yet used them. Okay. I just used them for the first time. You did. So essentially it's a membership and you get organic goods and sundries for a, like a very big discount. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for this particular lotion I like. I ended up getting razors, razor, I mean, like oh, cartridges. Really? I got nutritional yeast seasoning, which I use when I cook. We love nutritional yeast. Uh, hello. On popcorn. Yeah. So I just got basically this big box of organic stuff or natural products. I got some shampoos by Andalou Naturals, which I've been really enjoying. Oh. And I say 42 bucks. Well, and they have all kinds of like paleo 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, like, guys, this place is amazing. They yeah. have it's like a huge marketplace. So I'm all about it. I'm going to link to it on selfiepodcast.com because um, I can give you 25% off your first order. Um, I'm going to follow that. Line. Hello. So yeah, we'll link to that 25% off your first order. I really like it. Okay. I have to say my first thumbs up for this week is our Facebook community. <gasps> and I, I swear to you, I'm not just saying this in a self-promotional way. So, so when we started this community, we were like, you know, it would be cool if like down the road, it kind of became this place where people went for support and resources. Right. Right. Um, it's been in existence for three weeks and it's already that it's, it's- I, it's like my favorite part of the day. It just makes me so happy. It's like we had a baby that we're really <laughs> proud of. You guys, we had a baby and we're so proud of our baby. I mean, if you are not on there, you guys, people are talking and asking for support on everything from like being a stepmom to men asking about coloring gray. Uh-huh. Yeah. Infertility. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic, warm, supportive community. So supportive. I'm loving it. I really do love me it. Too. I go on there all the time. Me too. Um, and then my second thumbs up is, so we've talked about this brand, Acura Organics before. It's a great clean brand, but it's on the cheaper end. Yeah. I mean, massively on the cheaper end. Yeah. Um, and anyway, they have a shampoo that I'm loving, Acura Clarifying Shampoo. So, um, yeah, Acura Organics. We'll link up to that in our Facebook page as well. And Derby uses that exact same clarifying shampoo. Oh, does he really? Yes, he does. And we absolutely love it. So yeah. Love it. Nice. We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon, so if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. 
You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their Cloud Shave Foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you wanna try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. Okay, so we are gonna take a quick break and talk about a sponsor that I think you guys are gonna like because summer is upon us, you guys. And Chris and I have been talking about how we're scrambling to get all of our ducks in a row in terms of our children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we've got the camps lined up and all that stuff, but I'm always wanting some other interesting options for when they're at home. Yeah, summer um, as a working mom can be a challenge and a shuffle and a puzzle piece. Um, but we have a fantastic sponsor that we think is going to help with your summer um, keeping your kids busy. So Epic is a fantastic option for kids who are home during this summer. It's screen time that does not count as screen time because it's all ebooks, audiobooks, read aloud books, articles, and quizzes. So you it's guys. super educational. And I have to say, I'm a longtime Epic subscriber. Oh yeah. I it is love so it. fantastic. I and mean, we, we, we both have kids that love to read. Um, but it's just, it's all about reading and what I like about it. Besides the fact that there's so many different books and quizzes and all that stuff within the app, there are no in-app purchases. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All, they can use it yeah. and use everything that's on there. They're yeah. not going to get frustrated. Right. And all content is geared towards kids up to age 12. So there's no mature content that they could mm. accidentally stumble upon, right. like some other websites that I can think of. Maybe it's happened with my own son where he actually stumbled <laughs> on something really bad. <laughs> That's not happening with Epic. Not happening with Epic. No, it is a super easy to use app and it has a huge library. Over 25,000 high quality popular children's books, not just random obscure books, no. but books that kids like, high interest books videos and quizzes. There's tons to choose from. What's great if you have more than one kid, like I do, um, every kid gets their own profile, which keeps everything streamlined and separated for each kid. Awesome. So we have a great offer for you guys. So Epic is normally $7.99 a month, which actually which is a good deal. Yeah, it's actually a great <laughs> deal. But we have partnered with them to get you guys two months free. So free. all you have to do is use the promo code SELFIE when you sign up for a subscription at getepic.com and you will get your first two months totally free. Once again, that's getepic.com and use the promo code SELFIE for two months free. All right, we're going to transition to a conversation with Jess Wiener. Jess is a consultant. She is the ambassador for Dove of self-esteem, and she also has her own consulting firm called Talk to Jess. It is an incredible, she has the coolest job ever. So we're going to chat with her and learn more. So I have known Jess for several years, yeah. um, and I want to get into what you do. But first, I, I was thinking today, I actually don't really know your origins story. Oh, really? And I wanted to hear, I mean, you have the most fascinating job in the world. You it's are a, a self-esteem ambassador for yeah. Dove, which is like my dream Amazing. job. Amazing, yes. Right? Yes. Like, have you heard of a cooler no. job description? <laughs> um how did you land there, though? How did you know what in your life conspired to get you this interesting role? Well, it's a good title for sure, and it feels like it should come with a wave. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> a crown yeah. and my saber. Um, but you know, it's actually just kind of one of many titles. So I'm a social entrepreneur. I've, yeah. I've always worked for myself. I started my first business when I was 20 years old, and my first business was actually a nonprofit theater company. I started as a no playwright. I started no as a playwright. I wrote social issue plays for kids. I did a lot of rip from the headline stories. So in the late eighties, early nineties, I was super interested in, um, you know, in all the topics that obviously we talk about now, but we didn't have a lot of visibility for them back then. Mm -hmm. So right. Hate crimes and body image issues and diversity issues and all the things that we talk about now. Um, I was super interested in as a young artist and activist. And so I wrote plays, had a company for six years, a theater company, and that's where I first learned how to work with brands. Mm. I, I never, I mean, I never had fancied working anywhere near corporate America. I mean, artists by training right. and activists right. in my heart. And, but I found a way to rob Peter to pay Paul, quite right. honestly. Yeah. You know, I was a theater uh-huh. owner. I had to raise money. And I remember I lived in Indianapolis at the time. So I lived okay. in the Midwest and there were lots of corporate headquarters there. Right. And, um, and I got a grant. I wrote a grant 
for $5,000 from a pharmaceutical company who was selling uh, a drug for bulimia. And I was writing a play about eating disorders. And I thought, well, this is perfect. And as long as I didn't have to talk about taking the drug, but they could help sponsor my play, uh, I, I got the grant and I went on tour with this show. And then it just kind of started from there. I just learned that there were mutual desires in this world, right? Everybody had interest to reach certain people. I had a real interest in having young people talk about social health and educational issues. Obviously I had to figure out a way to pay for it. And that's where my entrepreneurial career began. And so I had began, so I had that company and then, um, came out to Hollywood like 20 years ago because I was very interested in the system of media. I had been on the, as a playwright, I had written a show um, after Columbine in 1999, after the wow. biggest school shooting at the time that mm-hmm. we thought we'd ever see, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was at Columbine after the massacre, and I was working with students, and my whole life changed because the media was there, and they mm-hmm. bought all the film rights and life rights and book rights of these kids, and these kids were walking around talking in sound bites, and I just thought, mm-hmm. this is yeah, so, can you, can you first on your podcast? Uh, we'll believe it. Oh, yeah. This is so messed up. <laughs> and um, and so I, I got really curious, like, who gets to tell the story? So anyway, long story short, it prompted me to move to Hollywood because I thought, well, I want to better understand how the media works. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just started getting into how do you make systemic change? How do I take what I love to do, which is tell stories for marginalized voices or to try to find a way to bring inclusivity into systems that are closed. Mm -hmm. And I found a great opportunity to work with brands to do that because they have huge global platforms, deep pockets, right? You know, and, and I believe truly, truly do believe this, the right ones have the right heart for it. And then that's mm-hmm. clearly how I came to Dove mm-hmm. 14 right. years ago. 14 years ago? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I would 14 not, years I would ago, we went to launch the campaign for Real Beauty, became their global ambassador, wrote the curriculum that gets used a lot now in our school programs, and, um, and then have hosted the workshops and have been an advisor and a guide and a strategist for the development of the self-esteem work that we do. And that showed me a new model of business, which is really what I do now. So kind of cut to, you know, in my entrepreneurial career for the last 12 years, I've run a small think tank and boutique strategy firm that helps businesses bring voices like Kristen's come into stuff we've done, like to bring outside voices in to talk about the issues that will help make better products, better marketing, better Mm -hmm. media. I can't do that by myself. So our system is really to bring thought leaders and influencers in um, to help change the system from the inside out. And what's so incredible about what you do is you really do change the system. I mean, there, you know, there are markers out there that you have had your hand on. I mean, from the Dove Real Beauty campaign, which brought us, you know, sadly, some of the first commercials that had women of all shapes and sizes really visible. Um, You had a hand in shifting some of the Disney princess narratives. You had a hand in changing the way that Barbie was. I mean, it's, it's it's astounding. Like, you know, when you look back at, at some of that stuff that has gone more public, Mm -hmm. what's the one that you're like most proud of or Mm -hmm. that you go like, I I can't believe I had a hand in that. It's hard, right? Because each of them, I was a different person at those stages. Like Dove Mm -hmm. for me is the brand I grew up with in this business, right? Like I was the first time I realized, wow, as a writer, speaker, educator, I could partner with a force greater than myself and a commercial force. And I can actually make an impact Yeah, because I was super skeptical. I mean, I was, yeah. I was an activist by training. So like right. anybody telling me I was going to come in from a brand perspective, right. And talk, I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to be dead in the water when I go into schools, right. Kids are not going to want to listen to anything mm-hmm. that's brought to you by a soap company. By the way, that was true at one time, right? It's not true anymore, right? right? Because we yeah. have so much commercialization of these things. But so Dove has this incredible place in my heart because they, are the ones that raised me in a way to know that I could do this. But the ones that you mentioned, honestly, are, are very near and dear to me. And I'm working on some stuff now that that's really exciting. I think Barbie for me was obviously seminal, right? Wow. Because Barbie wow. is a, has a 99% awareness rating around the world. Yeah. 99% of people know who yeah. she is in all countries everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yet she hadn't evolved in mm-hmm. the six no. years she'd been around. There have been changes here and there. There've been attempts at democratizing the, the, you know, the image of the doll and, and the challenge actually was not always so much in brand itself. It was in the system of how Barbies get distributed, which I don't think a lot of people understand. So sure. for instance, sure. we changed her body. So she has four body types and skin colors and hair textures and eye mm-hmm. shapes. But retail partners like a Target or a Walmart or a Toys R Us, which is unfortunately now defunct, mm-hmm. don't carry the full line. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have a company like a Mattel mm-hmm. making dolls 
differently. But then you as a mom would go to the store, you could find 21. it, and then you'd be right, or they wouldn't be there at all. Or worse, they're in the discount bin. Uh, yeah, oh. I've seen that. And yeah. then, you know, they send a message, and so it gets transferred back to the brand. So anyway, I like puzzles like that because... Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, how do I get parents to understand the ecosystem of what goes into selling them something so they can make better and more informed decisions? Yeah. But also, how do I help this company realize like they got to do better, right? And they got to talk to their partners about doing better. So for each of these wins, there's so much struggle and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of behind the scenes, as you well know, a lot of stuff I can't vague book about and I can't yep. tell people about totally. and I work very much without accolade in behind the scenes piece. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to pop and culture and you get to see it happen, it's like, the most gratifying thing. The best part for me was there was a woman who, um, I was online at a, I think it was at a target actually would, um, was talking to her daughter about how she would now let her play with a Barbie because there were Barbies that looked mm-hmm. like her and just, you know, oh, I don't know this amazing. woman anywhere and yeah. just kind of listening and going like, wow, that little girl is now going to get to hold a doll in her hand that like better reflects her skin mm-hmm. color and her right. hair texture. Mm-hmm. And to know, I knew the people who made that happen and just to be in the room helping to make that happen is like, yeah, a, a dreamy it's thing. Incredible, yeah. super incredible. Yeah. So in your role, it's it's so interesting to me because you kind of have all of these different things going on at once. You're a storyteller, you're a creative, but then you're also an activist, mm-hmm. and a lot of your work comes from this sort of passion for change and mm-hmm. challenging. But then at the same time, you're a businesswoman. <laughs> I mean, do you go in and out of those roles? Do you find yourself leaning into you know one more than the other? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you balance all of that? such a good question. I never think about it as a balance because I feel like it's all within me and I don't have hobbies. Like that's Uh the thing, you know, sometimes I I just, I do what I love. I Mm -hmm. happen to do it all in, which is not always great by the way. I mean, sometimes I do wish that there was maybe a little bit more of a break, but, um, I think I'm a creator first and foremost. And that's what I love about business Mm -hmm. and being an entrepreneur is I create my business every single day. I've had to learn the business skills. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. I came out fairly, um, entrepreneurial by nature. I didn't know what to call it back then. And I didn't have mentors and I didn't grow up in this kind of landscape where I could easily talk to other female bosses or leaders of industry. Like I was pretty isolated. I thought what I did was so weird. I thought at some point somebody's going to find out, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know, <laughs> which all of us feel. And I'm like, how can I get, you know, so I, right. but I think as I've matriculated in my career, I pull the levers as needed. I mean, I now run a firm that has doubled in size in the last year. Our work, I mean, um, in so many ways, because we have so many great conversations happening in culture right now, um, has, you know, doubled and tripled in the last little bit. And so as a business owner, I'm incredibly challenged because those are great problems to have, but there's still challenges for me as a leader. So I have to entertain that part of my brain in life. And then I have an incredible heart for, um, where people inside businesses can be entrepreneurial and be activists. I know that, you know, I come from a traditional activism model, which is Mm -hmm. all like protests from the outside Mm -hmm. in community community. Mm -hmm. and, And it's important. And I would never sacrifice that model, but I have a different model that I've created in my career that I think is actually equally as important, which is, I work internally to systems to have the CEO Uh or the copywriter or the designer to feel more empowered as a person, more educated as a person to do better in their work. And, and so we get better product that way. And by the way, that's not, you know, there's a lot of, um, of talk about whether that's, you know, I don't know, activist enough, or if that's progressive enough. But for me, because of the changes that I've seen, I realize it takes everything, right? It takes you outside railing against Mm -hmm. stuff. It takes me inside, Mm -hmm. like moving things along and we all can do it together. And so that model really excites me. And that's the creative part coming back. I make that up as we, you know, as we go along, the fluidity really inspires me. Yeah. I'm, I'm so impressed. I feel like I've talked to you, talked to you for 10 minutes and I'm just going, Whoa, there's so much going on here. And, and there is, I mean, you are doing so much from so many different angles. So this, this podcast really talks a lot about self-care. Mm. So my question is to you, I mean, mm. are you finding time to care for yourselves when you're doing so much for others? I sure am. Well, Kristen knows this because she's seen my physical form shift over the last like year and a half, two years. I've had a massive physical transformation. And part of that was motivated, um, in part because my mom was sick. So my, and my mom is unfortunately sick again. So she's a three-time cancer survivor and she's battling her fourth round of cancer. And when she was diagnosed, um, and I haven't really actually talked about this very publicly, but I, I think when she was diagnosed the first time, which was many years ago, five years ago, I remember thinking like, you know, we share some of the same genetic markers, obviously, and there's a propensity for this kind of cancer. And what am I going to do about it? And I'm in my mid forties and I really started 
becoming realistic about, um, I want to have a better back half of my life than mm-hmm. I've maybe lived the front part of my life. Right. And I got married five years ago to an incredible partner for me. And, um, and so I really felt like, wow, I want to do this not only for my life with my husband, for myself. So the self-care clicked in, in a different way. Right. And it became realer to me, um, in a way, because I was facing like the fact that none of us get out of this world alive. Yeah. Right. And so how did I want to spend the time that I had? And it was different from, oh, I must diet for this reason, or, oh, I must do this for this reason. It was really like, wow, there will be no other time better than this for me to figure out how to be more in balance, mm-hmm. if I, you know, yeah. or in harmony, I would say. And so I do now. So I did something really interesting. So I made a commitment with my husband first and foremost, because, um, you know, he is my like kind of sole partner in this world. And I said, here's what we're going to need to do to rearrange our life in order to make this change happen. Mm -hmm. And then we made that commitment. And then I wrote a, um, exercise commitment plan and nutrition plan into my P and L of my business. Oh, so I literally made that not an add on, not something that I do when I can and play that game. I was like, I'm going to commit to this. Like I would a full-time job. And I set aside the dollars and I committed to five days a week. And I've done that the last year and a half. And it became my bottom line commitment. And the way I did it obviously was just by saying, I'm going to be fully, that's going to be my health plan. I'm the CEO of this company. Mm -hmm, I'm going to make this my perk, (laughs) my health plan, you know, got it signed off by the CFO and away we (laughs) went. And, and I think because I, I just, I handled it a little differently. And then I think the reality of my, you know, where my mom was at and then having the support of somebody I loved to me, the self-care piece came together in a different way. It was, um, less of an, a topical layer mm-hmm. and more of a foundational mm-hmm. thinking shift. And it changed my whole life. So I now box boxing was something really? that I chose to do and I kickbox and I move and I fight Muay Thai. And so wow. those were two things I never thought I could do. And I couldn't do by the way, in the right. physical form I was in prior it was just really difficult. And then I found out I was really good at it. And then yeah. that was another piece where I was like, well, holy <laughs> cow, I love this. And it's just now my ongoing commitment and it takes you know, what, 21 days to make a habit. So mm-hmm. I just have been committing to this for the last year and a half pretty steadily. That's fantastic. I love that. I really I love that you made it a part mm-hmm. of your business plan. Yeah. Like I'm really going to take this seriously. Yeah. It was, it was just my way, everything else. Otherwise I felt like I could always negotiate my way out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, yeah. let me just set aside the dollars. You know, I'm, I'm in a fortunate place right now where I had the resource to do that. So I also recognize with all these plans come a tremendous amount of privilege. And actually, sure. I think self-care comes with a tremendous amount of privilege. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. I feel like I want to just also acknowledge that I know right. you get it, yep. but I'm hyper aware of it. Yep. And I also thought this is what I've worked hard for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honest to God, if I'm going to spend the money some way or spend the time somehow, I might as well do it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for you. I mean, obviously, you know, you have had a dramatic transformation physically, but I'm guessing that the psychological is where, you know, the real shift has happened. Like how has making, taking care of yourself and your body shifted you psychologically, spiritually, mentally? It's it's the biggest change ever in my life. So there's a couple of things because, you know, I spoke about, I was in a larger body. So for those who are listening, you don't know what I look like. I was in a larger body. Um, and had been most of my adult life. And I had talked about body image for the first part of my career. So yeah. I was super steeped in understanding all the complex dynamics of mm-hmm. larger bodies, smaller bodies, the shift in weight, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was terrified of what people would think when I started to make the shift and the transition into a different shaped body. Right. Right. Was I selling out? Was right. I saying that I didn't mm-hmm. like that? Was mm-hmm. I saying that everybody who looked like that is now bad? Right. Mm-hmm. All that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And part of the shift first was I cannot give a crap mm-hmm. about what somebody's going to think about me because mm-hmm. guess what? They're going to think it regardless of right. what mm-hmm. size I'm in. Right. right. So that was like first step. The second step for me was, I think, um, so as far as mindset shift, the other was I was by far and away my worst enemy and had developed a set of patterns and behaviors that were self-sabotaging at the core and were counter to what I would ever say to somebody I love dearly. And I think when I fell in love with my husband and found my right partner in life, which I didn't until I was 40 years old, I think then I was able to recognize like, wow, this is tender. This Mm -hmm. is tenuous. This is temporary and I have to put the emphasis on where it's going to really most matter. And that's in my relationship to myself. So I do some practical things, right. That I think have changed vocabulary in my head. So for instance, when I do the heavy bag kicking with my trainer at the end, I'll just let everybody in on this little mantra. Um, (laughs) 
I will kick. And every time I kick, so I do like 20 hard kicks in this bag at the end of our sessions. And every time I kick, I I've changed my phraseology in my head to say like, I am willing to be. So every time I kick that bag, I say, I'm willing to be strong. I'm willing to be powerful. I'm willing to be beautiful. I'm willing to be abundant. I'm willing to be whatever, right. Mm -hmm. That I need to in that moment. And that phrase changed everything for me Mm. because it wasn't, I am because then my voice in my head would be like, no, you're not Mm -hmm. right. But I'm willing Mm -hmm. to do that. And when I was willing to do it, it gave me the next energy to do the next kick, to do the next thing. Mm. That's been the biggest change in my life. I, I don't look at things perhaps in such a black and white way anymore or such a binary way. Mm -hmm. It was like, right. Every moment leads to the next, every Mm -hmm. choice I make is going to lead to the next. And, and that's a shift because when you've died in most of your life or you've, um, you know, looked at things in a really binary way. It's either or, and I just developed, um, like an and principle. Like I could have this and, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm willing to, to do this. I love that. Me too. Yeah. And it's just, it's been really fun to watch, <laughs> you know, you post some of your workouts yeah. and, you know, it's, it's just been cool to watch because it does look so empowering. Mm-hmm. Like you look like you are living in your badass self. Can I tell you? I feel like I am. <laughs> you are. The other thing is that I really could kick somebody's butt yeah, right now. You could. Like, I genuinely, I, I know how to I'm punch. I'm just kind of scared. Do not say anything. But else. I do feel like if we were out, I, you know, in the past, like, I literally walk through a parking garage now, and I'm like, okay, if them. this person comes over here, mm-hmm. it's an elbow and knee, and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I like right, have these right, choreography right. in my head. There's also a, a strength thing I think that comes not actually with the physical accomplishment, although that's always an incredible perk, but the accomplishment of committing and staying to a commitment for yourself. So the fact that I wrote that in and I've committed to five days and I've been religious about it in yeah. that way, I do think there's a confidence that comes from that when you've delivered for yourself. Oh my gosh. In a way. Yeah. And I've not let yourself yes. down. Well, it's impressive too, because that is how we talk about the barriers all the time. There's so many excuses you can make up as to why you're not going to go work out. You're not yeah. going to go kickboxing today. Right. And have you ever had those moments? Yes. I mean, I mean, and I work through them. You, well, and here's the thing. I also want to say this as a caveat. I don't have children mm-hmm. and I make a really great amount of money. Right. So my trainer comes to my house mm-hmm. at between five 30 and six o'clock every day. You can't yeah. really say no to right. trainer it's, showing up. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's an expensive trainer. And, um, right. No cancellation policy. Right. So, right. I, but I sell the other stuff just because I don't want anybody listening to be like beating themselves up because right. they've yes. got X, Y, or Z. So I'm hyper aware of what I have opportunity for. I also had that prior and I didn't do it. So I think right. part of it was I'm going to commit. But when she comes in, I will tell her like, yeah, she'll say, she always asks me this great, but she says, how's your body feeling? Mm. Not how are you feeling? Oh, How's your body feeling? Interesting. Because if you ask me how I'm feeling, I'm going to go off for 15 mm. minutes feeling. and waste yeah. a quarter of that, <laughs> of that session like, talking about who them. harmed me yesterday. Right. But but I said, you know, so I'll say, oh, well, and then you know what it does? It makes me tune into my body. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, well, my body really feels like punching today. Mm-hmm. I started to talk about my body in third person, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, my body really needs to sweat mm-hmm. or my body really needs to stretch or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then we've designed the session. So if I'm feeling resistant or if I'm feeling tired or if I'm just feeling, you know, emotional or whatever, I'm able to speak that. And then we do something anyway. Yeah. There's never, I never cool. get off easy. Yeah, that, but, um, <laughs> but it's good. You know what? My body feels like pizza. <laughs> my body feels like ice <laughs> cream. Exactly. She's like, right she, doesn't, she doesn't really entertain that. More, but. <laughs> but not. Well, I kind of love that. You, you know, it seems like you've really come to a body consciousness or a body mindfulness, yeah. which is so great because you always have been about body image and that is right in line. Yeah. Being in tune with your body, being, you know, paying attention to it, which is a thing that's hard. It is hard. It is. And also look, I'm, I'm, you know, mentioned before, I feel like as I get into the middle part of my life, there's also the reality of what our bodies do in yeah. the middle part of our oh, life, yes. which is, uh, yes, they don't bounce back no. so easy. No, and not so much. Wrinkles, dimples and other things pop up. And so I think there was also quite frankly, a, a part of watching somebody that you love be ill yeah. at a time and space mm. in their life where you hope that they have more life to live. Mm-hmm. And that again, that reality just mm-hmm. weighed, weighed down pretty heavily. And I, I just kept thinking like, gosh, this is the moment that I've been yeah. waiting for. Like yeah. there is no other moment. And, and, you know, I can, and I can make those moments up as I, as I go along. But for me, I think the, the flip of it was my body is so powerful. I've always fought against it in some way, shape or mm. form. Um, or I've always sought to, to fix it in right. some way. What if I worked with it as an ally? What if that was my oh, partner? And what if I, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't an enemy, but, you know, was really a champion. Mm-hmm. And and then physically, I think there's something else that happens that obviously with a shift or a transformation is I have incredible energy and strength. And then my life has grown proportionally mm-hmm. to that strength. 
because it's interesting when I'm choosing to not, when I'm choosing to have my mindset handle things differently, or I'm not, you know, doing negative behavior over something that's happening and I'm doing something different, like your life reacts and responds differently to that. And so my work has grown, my friendships have grown or deepened. Like I'm finding myself more available Mm -hmm. than I was in a different way. And I think that's all part and parcel. Isn't that interesting how just Mm -hmm. that shift in a behavior can change relationships. And I thought people were going to be upset or leave me or not be, you know, or not Mm -hmm. be happy or Mm -hmm. say something and whatnot. Maybe have, they have in their own heads, but externally, I think I've gotten more connection, validation and support because I also think it it was not a vanity play and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a surface issue. It was like a real, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go on this journey. And I think, just think we're all on that. So it's different at different places for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what's up next for you? What are you excited about? So I'm working on some really cool stuff. So I'm getting ready to write another book. Awesome. So I've lived, I have, I've written two books and my last book I published in 2008. So I have not written a book in 10 years and I've been living this business of empowerment life where I've been working with companies and, and brands on, on all, you know, ways to make more inclusivity and diversity in main market. I want to write a book about that. So that's kind of the next chapter I think is how do I summarize this in a way that not just businesses, but, but people working within Mm -hmm. systems can take that back. So I'm, I'm, uh, working on that. And then, you know, I'm working a lot within Hollywood on sexual harassment policies and procedures. And so with a lot of the, you know, arc of me too, and time's up have brought us to a critical mass of conversation, but a lot of the industries in Hollywood studios, networks, production companies, don't have an integration policy plan mm-hmm. outside of their typical HR spaces. I mean, all industries are like that, but I, because I live and work in Los Angeles, you know, the right. Hollywood market is, is a client base of mine. And so that's been really interesting because I've always cared about what the marketing media and advertising mm-hmm. looks like. And, but I'm also now looking at the system of the people who are creating it and how do we create a safer space at work for yeah. women and how are we working yeah. on pay equity for women, but also for men how are we having this conversation across all identified genders yeah. of what this means for the way we interact with each other um, in a workplace environment? So that's a kind of a new thread of, of consulting and work that we're doing that I'm finding infinitely challenging it's fascinating. and fascinating. Yeah. And it's the time, like we have wins at our it back now time, that we didn't have before. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah. You know, you've described yourself as an activist. What you know, when, when you look at all of the issues right now, what's the thing that you're like feeling the most passionate about or the most, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I really want to make a change in this mm-hmm. area of, of social justice. I think it's still, for me, it falls into representation. Mm-hmm. I think we've had incredible strides and I'm proud of the work. Mm-hmm. Like as Barbie is an example that we've done, there's so much more work to do. And, um, and so I still, I think if I had like one flame that burns the brightest for me, it is, um, how do we take the invisible visible in mm-hmm. our media? Mm-hmm. And because we have so many options now, because all of us are content creators and we're mm-hmm. putting things out there, my conversation isn't just to quote unquote Hollywood or just to mm-hmm. this producer sect. It's to us. It's to yeah. you with the microphone here. We're, we're yeah. putting work in right. the world. And I think um, there's still a way for us to be more mindful of the stories we share. Even my trying to caveat by saying, you know, I understand self-care has an intersectionality of privilege to it Absolutely. that needs right. to be there. Like, I think we have to be more responsible because we have microphones mm-hmm. and phones and cameras and ways that we're producing work in the world. So I want us to, you know, for me, I'm still on a learning journey and, and for my clients and people I work with, I think it's about who are we representing and who's telling the story and who's in the room mm-hmm. to make the decisions. Absolutely. And for people listening, you know, at home who, you know, maybe their heart beats for that too. What can, mm-hmm. what can, you know, what can stay at home mom do? Or mm-hmm. what can, you know, a person whose job is completely outside this realm, what can people do to affect change, you know, when that's not their job per se? So much. Well, one is I would say maybe re even think that, rethink that, mm-hmm. right? I think change is everybody's job. And I don't mean that you have to go and start your own business around it. Yeah. But I do think, you know, look, it happens in kids' schools all the time. Parents mm-hmm. are incredibly active in moving you know, systems differently in their, in their school. So locally they have a chance to get involved, but I think, you know, right now we're spending a lot of time on me too and times up in the Hollywood space, the advertising space, but this is an issue that's affecting restaurant workers and factory workers and people from all different sectors of business, all different levels of business. So I think it's about getting educated first on the issues that do make your heart beat. I love Mm -hmm. that phrase. Like 
figuring out where there's a place for you to be of service, even if it's online. I think right. online activism is important. I think, you know, campaign writing and, and clicking in and texting and calling, those are important pieces yeah. too. Um, so I think it's finding what, what lights you up and doing it. The other piece is I just think it's like, you and I have talked about this before, it is just being a walking model of accountability as best you can. So even if it's admitting that you don't know it all or right. that you want to challenge some of your biases or mm-hmm. that you want to, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, get more educated on something. I just feel like that personal accountability will open the doors for you to figure out where your kind of passions fly. But I, I think there's a lot that we can be doing in general with, um, changing our, uh, next election cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean, I think we're coming upon an election this year. We'll have another general election in 2020 and mm-hmm. there's more women running for office and mm-hmm. more diverse and inclusive women running for office than ever before. So I find like, put your money where your heart beats, put yes. your yes. You know, voting power where your heart beats. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's lots of ways you can do this locally and, and globally. Yeah, and we just had Janine Harvey and a small oh, yeah. comment on with the, the, you know, future democracy, which is amazing yes. for anyone mm-hmm. at home that wants to go online and figure out ways that they can make things happen in their own communities. So. I love that. Yeah. I'm also yeah. a big proponent of asking women to run for office because most women mm-hmm. don't yes. run until you ask them. Mm-hmm. They don't think about even for local school. Yeah. Board, yeah. Even for local true. positions. So I sit on the national board for she should run and they have an incredible incubator program and we've sent that. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of women who have registered for that incubator program. Yeah. It teaches you how to raise money, how to oh, run for fantastic. office, large and small. And so I feel like having these conversations is also a really good next step. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, all right. We're going to devolve and talk about something really light now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. um, That's the way we roll. I love you know? it. We contain multitudes. Yes, we do. Um, but in every episode, we do what we call two thumbs up, which is where we talk about two things we like right now. And Ooh, it could be anything, anything from a show you're loving to a book you like oh. to a sofa pillow you bought to a face serum that you appreciate. Yeah. God, the pressure. I know. The no pressure. pressure. But what are, what are two things of any... Of any sort that you're liking and digging right now. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm going to be super self-serving and say, I love my husband's new website. He's oh, a tell He's tell. a furniture maker, and he makes oh, handmade wood furniture. I have yes. seen his Instagram yes. feed, and it's really That's cool. So he will. Yes. It's Felipe Lopez Woodworker. And okay. why I'm proud of him is because he uses his hands versus machines, so he hand carves oh, beautiful. Oh, wow. Really Beautiful, beautiful yes. furniture. And so the website just launched. And I'm just, I'm, I'm very proud of him, but I actually think he has a lost art form and mm-hmm. he's just doing beautiful For work. Sure. So I'm in love with him and his work. Okay. We'll yeah. link to that. And wealthy we'll, podcast. And then, um, oh my gosh, what am I loving? <laughs> it's new. Um, I'm going to say like show wise, I'm sort of obsessed with Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I don't know. I like, don't, oh it's my, my gosh, worst I nightmare. And I right think now. some of the best TV yeah, I um, agree. happening right now. So not, not a reality I'd like to experience. I but do not I want to go to the colonies. Yeah. No. No. After that last episode, I'm like, oh, no, most no. definitely not. It makes oh. me cringe, but oh my I gosh. think it's, it's riveting and it it's is. A, obviously a cautionary tale. Oh, it absolutely is. Timely. That's what's so frightening about it. Yes. It is. It's such a good show. Yeah. Those are good ones. Good All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. It was really fun. You asked great questions. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.